Hey, so what's going on, Reckless? I don't know if you've ever said woo before to when someone said what's going on, but that's cool. Woo is, woo is good. Hey, so if you, if you noticed or if you were wondering where'd this guy come from, I remember seeing him before last year or something like that. So yes, you were right. You did see me a few times last year. I was in an internship here in the student ministry with Brad and Todd and Lauren, and that ended this past rush. But the good news is, as an internship should, it turned into a job here at the church. I'm in a different ministry, so um, that's, that's really cool. And my heart's still here with you guys and, and student ministry, so I volunteer here. And I was lucky enough for Todd to say, hey, come back and speak uh, one more time. And I'm super, super happy to be here. And um, I'm going to go ahead and address any, any concerns. Some of you might not have even understood what I just said because you're wondering why in the world does this guy got a jacket on? It's 100 degrees outside. This jacket is a special jacket, all right? I was thinking about just bringing it up as a visual for tonight, but I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear this thing so you can get all angles, so you can see it. I might take it off if I start sweating. Then there'll be the pit stains, and I'll put the jacket back on. But uh, hey, so this jacket is probably, I would say, Probably about 70 years old, so it was, it was new in the 50s, um, like my, my friend Kimba Walda was, was uh, oh man, I had to do it, I had to do it. So this is an old jacket, um, as you can see, it's, it's probably about 70 years old, and I would say this jacket's been worn probably every day of those 70 years. So it's on eBay, and I'm scrolling through it, and I'm like, whoa, that's an awesome jacket. So maybe the photos showed the condition, maybe it didn't, I got it, and I was like, whoa, man, this thing's in rough shape. It's got some holes on it, looks like it's been shot with a shotgun right there, and I don't know, this a lot of stains and rips and tears, but I'm like, you know what, this, is, this jacket is still cool, I'm still going to wear it. This jacket here is the definition of commitment. Someone picked up this jacket every day and went to work and worked in it and got holes in it and got stains on it, but yet they were still committed to this jacket because they loved this jacket. So I love it too. Someone passed down that commitment. And that's exactly what we're talking about tonight, commitment. We're in week two of a new series we started last week called Follow. Who was here last week? All right, most of us. So Todd last week uh, said a kind of a definition for saying following Jesus specifically means surrendering your life to him, not only some areas, but all areas of your life. So Todd had a really cool visual. If you were here last week, and I'll explain it for you if you didn't, he had three chairs, chair one, two, and three. And he said, basically, all of us sit in chair one, two, or three. He said chair one is where a lot of us find ourselves, maybe in our walk with Christ, or maybe we're skeptics and we're like, I don't know about this, and we're sitting in chair one, and Jesus is like, hey, follow me to the the, ends of the earth, and you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sit right here. This this, this chair is super comfortable, like those chairs at NCG where you're like, you watch the movie. That's chair one. Got the cup holder for the icy. Chair one is super comfy. But maybe you're in chair two where you're like, yeah, I will follow Jesus, no problem. And then Jesus is like, hey, well, my plan and your plan is about to go like this. And you're like, ah, but Jesus, I'll still come to Reckless and Revolution and I'll be at church on Sundays and I'll do that. That, that, Does that line up? And Jesus is like, no, I want you to go on a mission trip or I want you to do this. And you're like, I can't do that. 
And then maybe you're in chair three, which is probably, uh, it might be a shocker, but chair three is where the least amount of people sit. Chair three is a chair where you sit, it's not comfortable, it's hard as a rock, and you're out of your comfort zone 24-7, but yet you're following Jesus to the ends of the earth, you're doing what he says, you're following him faithfully, and you are committed. That's the commitment we're going to talk about tonight. Chair three, commitment. So on a side note, if you have something, I want to kind of set you up for success tonight. If you have something you can jot notes down on, go ahead and pull it out, pen, something to write down, maybe a section in your Bible, on your hand, on your neighbor's hand. That wouldn't be helpful because then their hand wouldn't. Just three is for me that we're going to cover tonight. You can title it Commitment. Underline it. Underline it twice, three times. So write these four areas. Hall of Faith. Skip a few lines. Students like me. Skip a few lines. Jerry's story. Then skip a few lines. Then that old jacket. Or that old dirty, stinky, smelly jacket. It's not smelly. I did wash it. That's, uh, that's the only thing it's not. Dirty is, uh, is it, it, well, if, if, if I wash it, it wouldn't be dirty either. But that old jacket. So tonight, and we have them on the screen too, tonight when you go back to small groups and you're thinking, ah, what, what did he say? What did that guy say? What? And, oh, I've got it right here. I can look back at right here. So, you know, maybe you've drawn a blank before in small group, and maybe this might be something you want to do from now on. Talk about commitment. Maybe we can commit to this. Maybe we can commit to taking notes. On Wednesday nights and going back to our group, that might be our first level of, hey, I'm going to commit to doing this so I can have discussion. But anyways, if we get started, uh, I've got right here, Hall of Faith. That's the very first one, so that's what I'm going to talk about first. So get ready to take some notes. Hall of Faith, what does Hall of Faith sound like? If you're thinking of just something, what, Hall of Faith, what does it sound like? Someone tell me. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. So right now, college football is in full swing, and if you live in Georgia, which I hope you do because that would be a crazy commute to here, if you live in Georgia or around Atlanta, I'm sure you've heard or been to the College Football Hall of Fame. So if you've been to the College Football Hall of Fame, you might realize when you go into the place that, that this, this building, this museum, this monument honors college football players and coaches who have excelled and done really well at what they do. They're not just, they're not just any uh, players who maybe never saw the field. They're players who have excelled at what they do. That's why they're in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, if, if I'm thinking of, of maybe a Hall of Fame player, I'm thinking of someone like Herschel Walker for Georgia. Won a national championship, probably one of the best college running backs of all time. I would say some other people, but I don't know if Georgia's put that many other people in the Hall of Fame, so we'll just stick with, with Herschel Walker. When I think of someone like Joe Johnson, who was the best water boy ever and never played a game. I don't know if Joe Johnson's a real person, but he would probably not be in the Hall of Fame. That's just a guess. Maybe he was the, maybe he was the best water boy, and they honor that. I don't know. But So we're talking about the Hall of Fame. Well, what is the Hall of Faith? You told us to write down what's the Hall of Faith. The Hall of Faith is something that we find in Hebrews 11, which is basically God's Hall of Fame, of faith, Hall of Faith. 
So if we're thinking about, you know, okay, it's, a, it's, it's God's hall of faith, what does that mean? It's God literally honoring people from back in the Old Testament who were really, really good at following him, who, were, who made a long-term impact as, as a follower. So if you're to walk up to a building and it says hall of faith, not hall of fame, but hall of faith, God's hall of faith, I'm sure it would have a Chick-fil-A inside it, just like the hall of fame does. But you might see a plaque on the wall, and it might read something like this. Abel gave his best to God. Enoch walked with God. Noah obeyed and trusted God. Abraham followed God by faith. Isaac promised blessings from God. Joseph believed God would guide him. Moses was led by God. Rahab was not destroyed with her people in her city that refused to obey God. And by faith in God, Joshua led his people from Israel. All these people are famous because of their commitment and commitment level to God. You know, and, and if there had to be, you know, I know different Hall of Fames have requirements um, or kind of say they, they did this. Well, these people, as we can see in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and maybe write that down. Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I think we might have it on the screen. We see kind of what, is, what does it look like? What did these people all have in common? Verse, um, verse 1, we see, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So that's kind of what these people were about. That's what Noah and Enoch was about. That's what Rahab was about and Moses but, you know, you might tell me, yeah, that was a long time ago, of course. You know, I, I read stories about that growing up. Of course, we, we might have heard that, or my mom told me about these people. I've got a little book that every page has a different person with, like, a really short story called, like, the Children's Bible. I still have mine. But what about now? Those people were way back then. Those people didn't go through the same things that I go through now. Well, I would say... As an argument to that, I would say they do. I would say, I would say they did, and we do go through the same things. Sin's still the same. There's not a, there's not a new sin or a, a new struggle that, that we have now that they didn't have back then. So I think about even, let's bring it in even, even more intimate here in this room tonight. Who might be, you know, are there any people that, that have a really strong faith that are sitting in chair three in this room? Are there any people who have made that commitment? Here to chair three. You know, and I think about last year during the internship, I heard several really awesome stories from students that are mostly still in the room tonight. And I won't name them, but I I heard stories where, you know, I, I think of a guy who attended Westridge, and this is his story. I think of a guy who attended Westridge and felt he had no friends and felt unloved. He had no idea how God could love him and felt like God was out to get him. He decided to commit his life and go all in with Christ. Although he still struggles with his sexuality, he decided that he was going to love God first and use his story to ultimately glorify God by coming alongside others with the same struggle. That's a, that's a big faith and commitment. You know, I think of other people. There's, we could keep going, but I think of another, um, a girl who went from, 
she says a happy-go-lucky child into a lady who started to doubt herself. And she couldn't find her joy. As it grew worse and worse, she tried to hide her sadness from people by putting on fake smiles daily. She began to believe that this was just her new reality. She found herself telling God she couldn't do this anymore and started to be angry at God. But then she decided to up her commitment level, go all in, and go down to the mission trip this year, this past year in Nicaragua. And she found a new confidence in God and that God could use her to be a part of the story he was writing. You know, and I think of a guy, too, who accepted Jesus at a young age but, but never really acted on his faith. He continued to struggle in life until he committed his life by going all in with Christ. He realized that he didn't have to listen to what others thought about him because God created him exactly the way he needed to be. And to this day, he'll tell you, because Jesus is enough, he's enough. Those are students that are in the room tonight, that are sitting in chair three and walking day to day in that commitment. You know, I could, still, I could sit here all night and we could just read story after story that was told and we've heard and that are continuing to be told. But, you know, there's just something about moving from chair two to chair three where you gain this new confidence and this new commitment level. And if I'm honest with you guys, if I'm honest with you guys, I am fresh out of chair two and trying my best to firmly sit in chair three and burn chair two and chair one. See, the internship moving into a new position, that's scary. That's scary stuff. And I'm almost saying, God, there would be such, it'd be so much easier if I was just going to go back to my original plan. Do I really have to sit and wait for your plan to, to come into life? Or can I just kind of start doing this stuff on my own? That's hard. You know, and then I go, back to, I go back to the jacket. Let's go back to the jacket for a second. I really do like this jacket, and I really believe that it is such a beautiful picture of our walk with Christ. You see, commitment is not giving up when you find yourself in the middle of a rip or a tear or a struggle or a stain. Commitment is putting the jacket back on the next day and continuing to walk out in your faith. Walk out what God has called you to. So what is this, you know, this jacket's 70 years old. What does our faith look like 50 years from now? Most of you in the room are anywhere from probably 15 to to 18. What does this look like 50 years from now for you guys? You know, I think of a story of of a guy who was, was for a very short period in my life. Hannah, my fiance. Now, we're getting married in two months. Anyone who wanted to know, two months. So Hannah, my fiance, we started dating several years back, and I'm just going to read to you this story really quick. It's really, it, it, it means a lot to me, so I'm just going to stick to the page and read word for word, but I want you to kind of to, to grasp what this, what this looks like maybe 50 years from now, this type of commitment. Hannah and I had been dating for about a week when I met Jerry, her grandfather. I knew how much she looked up to him, so I was nervous to meet him for the first time. I realized there would be nothing, there was nothing to be scared of because soon after I realized he was just a sweet, soft-spoken gentleman. I had heard stories of how his faith and commitment in following Christ was the reason Hannah's relationship was, with Jesus was so strong, but I never got to see an example of it until about a year ago. Jerry was diagnosed with cancer for the second time, and he believed God would heal him from this cancer just like the first. 
That Christmas, Jerry asked me to pray over Christmas dinner in front of everyone. I know I prayed and I know words came out, but I also know I was basically blacking out because I was so nervous. I'm not sure what I said, but I, did, I know I prayed. But through the, through the months, I continued to see how Jerry's commitment to following Christ kept their family so strong during this difficult time. A few months ago, cancer got the best of Jerry. That night, we were talking with, with everyone about Jerry's life and about what he went through earlier that day before he passed. And all of a sudden, a video surfaced. And they're like, hey, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. And just showing one person after the other. Well, when I see the video, I see earlier that day, Jerry sitting in a chair. He was so weak. But he had his hands in the air. And he was praising God and singing, singing songs and calling out to Jesus. And if I could tell you any way of what that, what's going on in that moment, Jerry is basically saying, God, even though you might not heal me, a second time, I will still praise you. And later that day, Jerry passed away. That is commitment. I don't know right now, me as a, as a 22-year-old, I could say if, if I'm at a moment where you know, I'm about to die, I don't know what I will be feeling. But I know it takes a long-term commitment in walking with Jesus to be able to sit and sing praises to God for a second time going through cancer. You know, again, I, I turn, in a story like that, I'm, I'm turning to this jacket again, just as a visual for you guys to, to see. You know, someone walked to, walked to work or, or went to work and maybe had this jacket on, came home, walked to the door, hung the jacket up, went to bed and did the thing, did, did everything all again the next day, put the jacket on, go back to work. But what if, after the first time this jacket got a hole in it right here, or a stain over here, or a rip, you know, I'm not even so sure that this isn't blood over here. This could be a blood stain. I don't know when I'm wearing it. I'm not sure. But what if they just threw it out? I'll get another one. I don't need that one. I'll get another one. Someone was committed to this jacket. How many years do you think it took to get a hole here and here and here and a stain here and a rip here? That's a long time of committing themselves to wearing this jacket. But how true is it of our faith also that we can look back at the end of our life and say, man, there was that time we were in the trenches. It was rough, but God brought us through it. And what about that time over here and over here in this stain here? We were able to tell our story. So if I had to ask anything tonight, I would ask you guys, what does your jacket look like right now? You see, the main point tonight, anything, if you're tuning out and I want you to grasp, grasp something, I want you to grasp this. Following Jesus requires not only surrender, but a long-term decision made up of day-to-day commitment. In other words, every single day we need to commit our lives to Jesus and the decisions we make. What does your jacket look like right now? Maybe you, maybe you just got it. Maybe you're just fresh on this journey. Maybe, maybe you've had it a while and you, know, you have a few stains on it or maybe you just picked it back up for the first time in a long time. Maybe you're deciding, yep, I'm, I'm going to put this jacket back on. And obviously I'm not talking about an actual jacket here. 
I'm just talking about the visual of your walk with Christ. To those of you in the room tonight who might say, you know what, Uh, you don't know what I've done, you don't know what I've been through, you don't know what I'm continuing to go through, I would say say this to you. On the way way, um, home today from the church, going home, getting ready to prepare, I heard a song. I was listening to Pandora, and I heard this song, and it doesn't necessarily line up with the, the commitment that I'm talking to you about, but what about where commitment starts? And I was listening to this song, and Um, You might know the guy. His name's NF, and he has some awesome music. But I was listening to the chorus, and it goes like this. Everybody's got a blank page, a story they're writing today, a wall that they're climbing. You can carry the past on your shoulders, or you can start over. Regrets, no matter what you've gone through, Jesus, he gave it all to save you. He carries your cross on his shoulders so you can start over. You know, maybe, maybe you're, you're thinking right now, I really don't have any commitment to this. I'm just here because I come here all the time and my friends are here. I don't know. But tonight, in small groups, I want you guys, you know, maybe you've, you've got your paper and you jotted some things down. Really be real with yourself. So we, we talked about week one, talking about where we might, what chair we might sit in. But for those of you who are sitting in, in chair two or three, really be real with yourself. How committed are we? Are we committed enough to, to put the jacket back on day in and day out, over and over and over? Or do we need to pick the jacket back up? Because I believe that alone will tell us maybe what, maybe what other people are seeing in us. Maybe, maybe we don't see our jacket ourselves, but what are other people looking on to us and saying, man, I can tell they've been through a lot and they're still glorifying God and they're still giving Him the glory for everything? It's a crazy, it's a crazy visual, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't order this jacket for, for, this, for tonight to speak. I had the jacket and God started to maybe reveal to me, like, ah, man, someone was really committed to this thing. And then Todd's like, hey, will you speak on commitment? And I'm like, yeah, i got to wear that jacket because I feel like that would be a great visual. So, guys, what does your jacket look like tonight? Hey, before we go to small groups, let's pray. God, thank you for tonight, and thank you for, for allowing me to come up and, and speak to, to Reckless again. God, I love these, these students and leaders. I ask tonight that we would truly be real with ourselves and we'd be honest. What is our commitment level in all of this? What is it? God, uh, we, can, we might be able to fake others, but we can't, we can't fake you, God. What is our commitment level? And where do we need to be to get it right? God, we love you. We thank you. We ask that small groups go great, and we'll glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen.